0: Thank you. Welcome and happy Friday. It's July 1st, 2016. This is Travelog, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler. And we are pre-taping this episode, so it's Friday for you. It's not Friday for us. It's actually Monday for us. Big, big difference. I'm here with Matt Ducker, who's an editor at Epicurious, and Andrew Knowlton, who's the deputy editor for Bon Appetit, and Becca Meisner, who's a features editor at Traveler. And my name is Brad Rickman. I'm on the digital side at Condé Nast Traveler. And the topic of the week this week is going to be lists, so two weeks ago, we, Matt and I interviewed Massimo Bottura, whose restaurant Osteria Francescana in Modena, Italy, was rated the number one restaurant in the world on the world's 50 best list. And afterward, Matt and I got into a discussion. Massimo's wonderful, very happy, creative guy. Afterward, though, Matt and I got into a discussion about the 50 best list. It's a huge, huge industry at this point. Big, big list um, has the power to influence all kinds of economics um, in the industry. And it's also generated some controversy, which is not uncommon amongst lists of that sort. Matt, would you?
1: Sure. So I think people over the years have written about the list and how it's put together. I think Michelin famously has their anonymous inspectors who go around and file reports, and they're held to all sorts of internal standards that are storied. You know, the New York Times has a critic that is anonymous to whatever degree they can be. They don't accept free meals. They pay for all their own meals. And I think 50 Best has been has generated some controversy because of the standards that their judges or, or not standards that their judges are held to, they don't have to pay for their own meals. They can accept travel um, from tourism bureaus around the world. And so I think there's some question about like who are these people, 1,500, I think, judges around the world that are anonymous. Are they paying for their meals? Are they being influenced? And I think people have raised these questions every single year when the list comes out. And we didn't ask Massimo about it, so I thought we'd, we'd get back together today you guys and, and talk out about it here. And didn't <laughs> ask him. Yeah,
0: we did. Well, I, I it just felt w- mean. Like he's such a happy guy.
1: Right. He is a happy guy, <laughs> he and he's the he, kind of he, romantical he, idealist who doesn't worry about controversy but around he, lists. Like
2: everyone on the top, the I, I always call it the Pellegrino, just because it is a sponsored yeah. list as well, it like is. Michelin. But they're all professionals, and they're very political, and they know when to say something and when not to say something. You'll you'll never hear Rene Redzepi of Nomad in Copenhagen complaining necessarily that he got bumped down to number five this year on the list. He'll talk about what a great community is and that he can't That's what (laughs) Massimo did. That's exactly what he said when we
0: asked about the competition. He said, there's no competition.
2: Everybody loves everybody. It's politics. Right. Because chefs chefs don't have egos. We know that. Right.
0: Right. What did he say? He said, everybody thinks we're rock stars, but really we're just hardworking people who go in and do it every day. Right,
2: who gallivant the world and find time once in a while to cook in their own restaurants. Damn, that's all right, that's mean.
0: So for those who are curious, Brett Martin, a colleague of ours at GQ, did a really nice piece on this particular list and its place in the industry back in April. And, you know... Like many of these lists, it did start with a magazine. It started with Restaurant Magazine, which is a British magazine. Which we all know, of (laughs) Uh, (laughs) course. Competition. Right. Um, Back in 2002. And this is the list. For years and years, it was called the Pellegrino List. And I think they just got tired of that. They got tired of that shit, and they took Pellegrino. What I heard, I think this was in Brett's piece, is that they just basically said, you no longer have naming rights. And they took it away from Pellegrino. So I don't know what that discussion looked Mm, like. I didn't realize that. But um, Pellegrino is still there as a water sponsor, but more to the point, like this is the list that catapulted El Bulli to international fame, right? Like they were the first number one restaurant and then Noma after that mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. How do you guys, Matt and Andrew, in the business, how do you guys think about this list? Because you must have a point of view on it.
2: The world loves lists and I like reading them and, well... I like reading them more than I like writing them. Let's just put it that way. But and um, You do write one every year. I do write one every yeah, year, so. which I'll get to that, why that list is so damn good. Okay, but, right, of course. Um, no, I mean, there's just no perfect system. It's Whether it's Michelin or whether it's even the James Beard Awards or whether it's the world's best, are those 50 restaurants that are on that list all Great restaurants, absolutely. But I don't know how a committee of 972 judges (laughs) is actually 972. Because nobody can travel the world and eat at all those places in a year. And you don't want to get into semantics about like certain regions that you can vote in. And within your region, you have to vote for, I think it is four in your region, and then you can vote for three outside of your region, and region being like North America, Canada, Mexico, whatever. You seem to know a lot about this list, Andrew. I do. Maybe okay. I do. I don't <laughs> know. Um, but I travel a lot. I don't travel as much as some of the judges, but there's a lot of times that I can't even vote for any place on the list because I haven't been there in the last 18 months.
0: But so there's a list that you start with? or No, no. So,
2: well, I've heard they give you a blank piece of paper, uh-huh. uh, a form uh-huh. that has seven blanks, and you... Get to put in the restaurant in order that you think should any, be in the any any restaurant anywhere in the world. Well, four have to be within your region. Uh-huh. So if you were voting in North America, it'd have to be in North America, and then you can vote for three any other place. But within that list, you you sign a pledge that you have been to that restaurant in the past eighteen months. Right. Which, unless you're traveling the world, there's not many people. I mean, I've been to Noma. Not like, you know, Dick, but. I went with Matt one yeah. time. We've, I've been maybe three times. I have not been in the past 18 months. Yeah. I haven't been to Nomad in the past 18 months, which is right here <laughs> right, in New right. York City. There's not many restaurants you can say you've been to in the past 18 months unless it's your neighborhood joint, You right. know, especially halfway across the world. So that is the shortcoming of it all, is you have people lying about where they've been. And you know, we're human beings. And if you meet Massimo Batturo, he is a, the nicest man you'll meet. He doesn't drink. He's fit and he's fun and he likes to have a good time, and you know that has sway over voters. I think if somebody's not nice or something, I just it's it's a really difficult thing to separate yourself from, especially if you're going. I didn't I didn't realize that you could go known to one of these restaurants and get comped.
1: Right. Is that true? So what they say, like their answer is that it's not a requirement that meals are paid for. Right. That, that um, to me is absurd. That yeah. is totally absurd. Because you take money out of the equation. E- even on an honor system. So, you know, right. it's like they're, right. they're just coming out and saying that you don't have to pay for a meal. Right
2: if i was voting i would never go ax for because then you then then chefs are cooking for judges yeah. you know and that's the one thing that you know michelin went through a bad time when they were being called out like who are these mystery judges i've never met one of them you know <laughs> and nobody's ever talked about it and you think somebody would say you know what i'm a michelin judge but I actually think their system's better because they are these anonymous people who don't work for Bonapetito. They don't. They work don't for have Epicurus. Instagram accounts.
1: Maybe. D- yeah.
2: Uh, well, they're not hashtagging the chef while they're at the restaurant. Sure. Hopefully. Sure. No, I have heard from chefs recently that they know who the Michelin people are because they do come back. And, you, you know, if you're going to MIMO in, in Oslo, Norway, th- that's a thousand bucks for two people. Yeah. You ain't going there three times unless yeah. you're there for a reason. Right. By, you know? by yourself. By yourself. Right, yeah. uh, so, but I do think that their list is. I, I'm more of a fan of those anonymous kind of one or two people deciding whether a restaurant is good rather than this. Let's get 972 so-called experts (laughs) that lie about where they've been and are friends with chefs determining the list. Now, I don't take the list that seriously other than to say, you know, these are really good restaurants. I know that Nomad's a really good restaurant, but I'm not the person who is printing out the list and putting on my wall and then is going to check off— that I'm going to go to those 50 restaurants because there are people like that. But we,
1: Yeah, we know that this, these lists do have like huge implications for the business huge. side of these restaurants. And I think you've seen it happen with, you know, even it's like 11 Masson Park also here in, in New York City. In 2010, it was number 50 on the list. And this year it was number, number three. three. Right. So, you know, I think you have these restaurants kind of catapult up on the list. And also like in the global spotlight, um, that restaurant, I think, thought it might not even make it in two thousand nine and two thousand ten, they right. thought they were going to have to close. Um, you so, know. what did they do, Matt? So that's the question I have: is like how <laughs> you know what's the lobbying behind the scenes? I think when when you start having countries and Massimo talked about this a little bit when we talked to him, he was saying that you know the Italian government. Doesn't bring people to Italy to eat at the restaurants. He feels the country doesn't have the support of, you know, like the Danish government, like or you Spain know, as opposed to he, he mentioned sure, Spain, sure. But we know that like the Danish government is bringing like gastro tourists to throughout Scandinavia and to Denmark to eat at Noma, and like I think that's a, a way you get people to your restaurants, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think people talk about your list, like restaurants without PR, you Mm -hmm. know, like as as being at a disadvantage. What happens when you don't have like global country money? Like It's it's just like, it's like another level of PR. And and what restaurants is that disproportionately favoring? Mm -hmm. um, And what restaurants are either not opening or closing because they can't compete Mm -hmm. with a list like this. Mm -hmm. And I think Osteria Francescana is, you know, an outlier. And I think he's successful for all the reasons you said is that he you know but not everyone has a massimo batura you know at at the helm of their restaurant that can be such like a a force out in front some people need a little bit of extra help to get noticed by these lists and i think you go to andrew goes to great lengths to travel throughout the country to find people that are less likely and less known but i don't know if these the the way these lists are set up with 972 people voting that that can actually happen yeah Um,
2: and i don't know You know, you guys have various lists. We have lists. You have lists. We have many lists. We've all got
1: lists. A list of lists, even. (laughs) Three lists, right?
2: But (laughs) I think the key is to be up front about how you do that list. Because, you know, magazines run on advertising. There's all this kinds of weird stuff that can go on. You guys have the readers.
0: We have three lists. We have the Reader's Choice Awards. That happens every year. We have the Hot List, which is a list of new hotels that come out around the world. Best new hotels. And we have a gold list, which is kind of like a greatest hits list right. around the world.
2: And is that, those are obviously the readers are the readers, but the other ones are editors going into certain markets anonymously Yeah. and staying at the Cork Hotel in Richmond, Virginia, which yeah. was on your list, yes. I think, this year. Yes. And there's no pay for play.
0: Right. Well, let's shift modes, too, because you guys have a similar list, right? Like, And, and I think let's shift mode and talk about the way that we go at these. And Becca, you can step in here and talk about Hot List a little bit. The RCAs are a sort of huge event for us. And they, because there's so many people involved, it tends to be a big deal. But the Hot List editorially is a really big deal for us. And hotels are dying to get on that list. And they do the same thing. They lobby. They lobby us constantly. So what does that look like from the inside for you guys as you're putting it together?
3: It's a very laborious process there's no real science to it reader's choice is pretty you know cut and dry it's pure numbers for hotlist we try to send someone on staff to as many as we can because you know the way the top 50 is it's like you have you know hundreds of people and the tighter the control group of judges the more consistency i think there is so um
0: we start at least a year out right at least, and we, get, yeah. we, get a, we accumulate a list of all the hotels from PR and other sources that are expected to open in the coming year. Is it a 12 month period? What's it's 12, the, it's calendar year. It's calendar year. And so we get that list and then what's the process by, by which we try to um, get coverage of those hotels?
3: We try to get eyes on as many as we can. Some you just know right away that for whatever reason you've seen it, it's not interesting. There's usually some element of being a game changer for one reason or another it could be like the mandarin oriental opening in venice and it's actually you know the decor is really great and it doesn't look like the rest of the chain um or it's a you know a boutique hotel in a neighborhood that there was you know shitty places to stay so there has to be something that makes it kind of special or i mean there's so many hotels that open every single year and as you know Kind of global design is taking over the world. There has to be some kind of like, just probably same with food. Yeah, I was going to say um, the exactly. There food. has to be something special. And what's hard is, you know, you have all of these hotels reaching out, and they want to know, like, well, you know, we weren't on it last year, and or, you know, more PR reaching out. Our clients weren't on it last year and they were really bummed, like I have all these other clients and they want to know like how do we get on it? You know, what can what can they do? And it's like build you know, a better hotel. Build yeah. a cooler hotel. Just be great. Build a cooler hotel. Suck. Um but it's so, you know, it's so subjective in a way which is hard for people to hear and you can't just be like, Well, you know, it just wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, but you know, it has to be something that we walk away. And, you know, there were a handful that I visited that made the list where I was like, holy shit, like, I will tell everyone to go there. It's is, something
2: special. Is there one thing with hotels? Because I have, I have a few things when it comes to restaurants, but is there one thing with hotels that when a, when a traveler editor goes in is a deal breaker? Like, if you don't open the door for me or, or something when I'm walking uh-huh. in, is there something that, like, or if my eggs don't come? That's a great question. Yeah, you know, like is there one yeah. thing that's like, okay, if the Wi-Fi sucks, I yeah, usually that's it. Or if you're charging it. $25.99 for uh-huh. Wi-Fi <laughs> in 2016, yeah. I would, you wouldn't be on the list. Yeah. I'd be like, right. Oh. Right.
0: And how much of that, and I'm I'm also curious, like, how much of that, like, because me, if the Wi-Fi sucks, that's a big, big deal. Huge. But do
1: yep. you think about it that way? But
3: I don't, because I'm not as connected as you. Uh-huh. And I like, I'm like, sh- it, yeah, it, there's it no Wi-Fi. A, no <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yay! It is a question
1: <laughs> on the on the hot list questionnaire, it is. though. No, uh, you're right. I've filled out that questionnaire before. Wait, what's the question? But that's
0: important. Like, let's oh, talk about, about the questionnaire. A question about the
1: quality of, yeah. of the Wi-Fi. So there's a questionnaire. The, it's a very detailed questionnaire they have to fill out.
0: Great. What's on the
1: questionnaire?
3: So when we don't do it in house, well, we do send a questionnaire if we have writers or you know other freelancers that are out in the world for us because we just cannot get to every single new opening. Gosh, Matt, you might know more than well, I do. I mean, do. It, it's a no, you, like, you wrote the questionnaire. I, I did
0: write the questionnaire. You wrote the questionnaire. I know because <laughs> I saw it after it's, you wrote
3: it. It's very, it's very trying to get people that are reviewing it to review it in non-travel writing terms. So mm. I want to know, like, you know, if you had to pick a celebrity that you could see hanging out here, because I'm trying to get vibe more mm. than I am, like, you know. There were 28 rooms on, you know, 40 acres of vineyards. I want to know, like, what's the vibe? Like, what's the soundtrack playing in your head when you're arriving? Like, what does it smell like? What's around the corner is as important to me as, you know, the room service menu. So I think when you travel, it's all of those little extra things that aren't even necessarily the hotel that go into... Who else is at
1: the hotel? What are the travelers like? That was something that, like, forced me to, like, you know stop thinking about myself and my experience and like actually look at who else was in the in the room with me which I thought was really interesting um it's detailed for it's it's about character
0: it's about personality it's about character it's about the texture of the experience more than the the sort of like quantification of the experience
3: right absolutely
1: which I think is the same thing for restaurants I think like Andrew I mean you speak more to this but we've talked about your list and I think you're looking for so much more than just the food when you're out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I it's, mean it's, food is... So looking, what is your
0: list? T- so uh, I guess for about 10
2: years, we've done a, a best new restaurant list, um, which comes out in our September restaurant issue. And then five years ago, we decided to get, dedicate the entire, basically the well, the features well, to those 10 restaurants that we deem to be the top restaurants. and Is and this a global list or a U.S. That's list? just the United States. God, if it was global, I'd be I think we did. So, <laughs> and Talk about how you guys and put dead. this together. So it's, well, it's, it's just, it's me. Uh, and, Ju- and Julia, right? Like, and Julia. So, yeah. So, for the first couple of years, it was just me. That was like kind of Adam Rappaport, our editor-in-chief, saying, you know, I don't want one of these by committee lists. I want this to be one person's so a subjective, you know, list that's like, and hopefully over time, the writer would either disagree or agree with the types, but they would definitely know an Andrew Knowlton or a Bon Appetit-style restaurant that we were going for. And then, as you know, as Becca said, you can't cover every new restaurant opening around the country. In from Ours actually runs from May to May. So Julia Kramer, who's an associate editor, senior associate ed- editor, I don't want her to get mad at me... Um, <laughs> She helped me out this year by covering the Midwest and some of the West Coast. So it, it is literally, again, like Becca said, like making a list of those restaurants that we think are kind of, you know, like like their basketball prospects coming out of college. Like we think they might be good. And then, you know, it's just immersing yourself in Pittsburgh or in Denver or in Richmond, Virginia, and kind of spending three or four days and kind of. Asking at coffee shops and figuring your way out. You always know when the big chefs, you know, the equivalents of the Ace Hotels or the Ritz-Carlton's or whatever are opening. That's the easy part. You'll go check those out and maybe they'll be good, maybe they won't. But it's finding those kind of hidden gems, I think. And maybe less so with restaurants because they're such big buildings. Like you kind of know when they're opening. With the restaurants, I think you've got to get on the ground and kind of talk to the locals a little bit. Talk to chefs.
0: It's enormously time-consuming.
2: It's a drain on one's relationship with their families. Uh, no, it's tough. It's tough on your body.
1: It's tough on your soul. And I, I mean, I Julia Kramer, like, her body broke down this so, year. Yeah, like, I, actually... told,
2: I told Julia Kramer, this was her first year really going hardcore, and I, I warned her. I was like, you're going to be on the road for two weeks straight eating, like, four or five meals a day. I was like, you have got to be careful. And then she called me when I was in Washington, D.C., and she called me from... Chicago and said that she had to cut her trip short because she had pneumonia Uh and and, gout and gout and she was I was like where are you she's like well it's okay because she has a very soft voice it's okay because I'm right now I'm in my childhood bed and my parents (laughs) are taking (laughs) care of me so it was like this perfectly she's writing an essay for us on that but no I mean I think that that's
1: what lists can do to people that's
2: what lists can do to people but I think the point is. We do this one list that I don't know how sustainable it is over time, but I think we got around this being like, what's? how do you guys figure? What's the logic behind this? What's the criteria? It's like, there is none. It's one person's literally their gut going in and saying this is food in 2016. And I think that ultimately is the success and failure of of any list is when you involve more people, you do get more of a democratic you know, kind of a democratic look at something, but then you get all these different opinions and I don't necessarily want everyone's opinions and you don't know where people are lying and there's no pay for play. I mean, that's the one thing I try to go to all these places anonymously. There's no C V B or tourism yeah. board who's who's paying for that. Um, but ultimately I don't know if the reader cares, you know, there's it's, a lot of restaurant lists out there. I don't It's you know, being an
3: editor. I mean ultimately yeah, it's yeah. being a good at
2: Seeing through the BS, you know, and and, and stuff like that
0: it's almost like your list is the opposite of the 50 best list, right? Like if that's a thousand people. Yours is one now, one and a half. People, right. So, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. well,
2: it's more, I mean, if you don't like my taste in restaurants, you're kind of screwed, you know, but, but there's is, transparency. There's transparency. It is what it is. There was nobody, you know, I went to all these restaurants multiple times in the past 18 months and, you know, did the research and, I just think it's globally it is impossible to do any kind of list and have some sort of consensus, and you have one person that can do that. The biggest thing is just the money that it takes to do this. I mean, if you saw how much money mm. that if Kanye asks, well, yeah, between know, travel, between yeah. travel, yeah. you guys are staying somewhere and you're eating. Three, a, three, it's four a lot time. of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money, and you start taking for granted $120 meals when you go out. And right. then I take my parents out, and they're like, "How much did that cost?" I was yeah. like, "That's cheap. Come yeah. on." That was, yeah. And I think that's you know the 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 best fifty whatever it's called now the fifty list. I think that's if money's a big thing with restaurants, you know, it's just like with hotels. It's like sure, if a hotel charges eight hundred dollars a night, I'm sure it's pretty good. It better be good. Better be good. It better be good. But I'd like to find the place that costs two hundred dollars a night or one hundred and fifty. And that's still expensive. And it's to still a lot of good. People. And it's still great. Yeah, yeah right. those are the.
3: That's when that's when you but get you, excited.
0: But you guys look for that
2: too, oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They do. I mean,
3: that's heroic. For right? for Hot List, it's you know it's the exception that there's a Four Seasons or Mandarin Oriental. If you look at the total list, it's, you know, the three bedroom hotel, you know, outside of Todos Santos, or you know, those are the. Right. I mean, anyone knows about the new Four Seasons opening. It's just yeah. right. little gems that I think are you know when we feel like we're really doing our job is when we're finding those places.
2: Absolutely, yep. and 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 that's where again I don't mean to knock on the the best fifty whatever it's called, yeah. yeah. but the Evion. E- the Evion. No no, no 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 <laughs> <laughs> fire bombs because <are laughs> your Pellegrino contract <laughs> that these are the top fifty like. Most expensive restaurants <laughs> right. in the world too, you Like how, how out of
1: touch is that list with how people actually eat now? Oh, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's like crazy. that's the that's the thing more than anything, more than transparency, more than the whatever. Just that somebody thinks that's like the 50 restaurants in the world that people need to know they,
2: about. Well, they are great restaurants. Sure, but. But then you have a place like Estella in Mm -hmm. our hometown of New York City, Mm -hmm. which entered the list this year at, like, number 44. Yeah, 46, something like that, yeah. Which is bonkers, because you can't even hear yourself think in that restaurant. And I love that restaurant. That was on our list a couple years ago. But you start comparing that to, let's say, Mimo and Oslo, which I know that chef personally, so I take myself away from that. But, like, he's doing stuff that, you know, they're they're not doing at Estella, and... Maybe a cell is a, in the right direction of them sure. maybe realizing that a restaurant it isn't that matters just,
1: to more than twelve people a night
2: right you know a ten seat restaurant in Tokyo that yeah. you can't go to right you know like well no shit it's good you sure. know, because nobody knows if it's any good yeah but I think that's the thing is just kind of and we haven't even touched on the fact that it's predominantly male that list is all yeah, male Yeah, completely and, male. And that list actually gives out an award called, like, Best Female, Female Chef, Chef. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which, in and of itself, is... Pathetic. It is. That it's, they have to do that. Th- that they have to. And I'm, they're doing it for the right reasons, yeah. but the way it comes
1: off is just like, come on. Um, and, and Dominique Kren, who got that this year, wasn't even on the... She's, She's not on the, getting the full list. Seriously, no, yeah.
3: So she got a special. She got a special, like the special consolation yeah, prize. The consolation yeah. prize. But this is
1: this what is was this the is the San Pellegrino consolation prize. <laughs> no, it
0: was somebody else's consolation. Else's There's sponsor another sponsor Dino's for the Club, consolation prize. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Matt, this is one of the things that we were talking about or debating about, which is there are two <laughs> things here that I think are interesting. One is the tendency of that list in particular, or is it a tendency of lists generally? to sort of homogenize, yeah. right? Like this list has a particular vision of what restaurants and cooking is. It's very, very consistent. And this is why we remark on Estella, right? Cause Estella mm-hmm. doesn't seem to fit the no. rest of this list. What, how would you describe what that vision is.
1: I think the vision for those restaurants are that they are usually the cooking of like a singular individual who's like held up on a pedestal as someone who has like an idea about food. There's usually a story associated with the menu and the the cooking and it's usually tied closely to, either closely to where the restaurant is located or it's an escape from whatever horrible place the restaurant is located. And I think normally it's a tasting menu. I think Estelle is like one of the only most of are in one of the only ones on the list that isn't I um, mean it's usually like a parade of small courses that don't look like anything you could get anywhere else. And so I think they, you know, they are unique in that way mm-hmm. and, and like singular. And, and, and like, I think those restaurants don't feel like neighborhood restaurants. It's like an experiential mm. dining experience. Uh, and, and I think, like, th- we were talking about how. I don't really like eating that way anymore and you do like eating that way well, when you're
2: on vacation. Okay. No. no, no, I mean I, I, so I think No. I, so Matt's I no. like, oh, I've been there, done that. I don't need well, that. Well, a anymore. little bit. No, a no. Little,
0: like I'm not a profe- I'm not a professional, <laughs> so I'm a little bit. But I would I would I would say it does present a vision of food as art, I suppose. Or sure. food as science or food as some theater. Weird, yeah, a yeah. theater. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And is somebody who just like embraces that. He, yeah. he's explicit about it. That's what he's trying to do. Grant Akats is another guy who I don't think he would argue with that. That's what he's trying to do. And this list clearly privileges that throughout. And and I guess for me, I guess my reaction was I have gone to those kinds of places not often because they do tend to be ridiculously expensive. And I don't view it. And I will go like I went to I was just uh, talking to somebody about Madrid earlier today. And I went to Sergio Arola's sort of gastro restaurant which is the you know kind of like fine dining and it's a version of that mm-hmm. and then I also he's also got a basically a tapas restaurant called V cool that's in another part of town like a more grungy part of town and we we went there and we went to both my feeling about this is every now and then I want to have that kind of experience but I don't really view it as the same thing at all as going out to eat right you know and it's almost like going to a very expensive piece of art Mm-hmm. And that's how I think about it. I, I and, agree with that. I mean, I, and, and that's what, it, th- you know, that's the way Alenia, for example, when I went there back in whatever, 2007 or whatever it was, that's the way that it sticks in my memory. Like, I'll never forget it, but it wasn't necessarily the best eating experience that I've ever had. But as a sort of creative experience, as a, as a process of encountering your creative mind— and the process of taking things that I took for granted. This is what I said to you the other yeah. day. Is like
1: I think I said something I probably can't say on this podcast. But you yeah, can say, yeah it's,
0: we market it as a sort of
1: like masturbatory, like you know, show. But then like why is what, art that way? Why is no, poetry that way? Yeah, right? Like poetry is taking re-poetry.
0: language, and like removing it from your familiarity with it.
1: So I mean, so I guess are we assuming that like everyone who reads the list agrees that and knows that, and are we really highlighting the the right restaurants here. Like, you know, I think like that list gets so much press and so much exposure that, like, is there just no problem with that list being completely my, homogenous?
2: My well, I fall somewhere, I think, in between. I'm not so pessimistic as your young self <laughs> to, to, to just choose. That's push definitely all, not true, but you can say that. Because I agree. I like going to the opera sometime. I can't afford those tickets, but I do want that experience and put on a suit and go. I mean, the one thing I don't like about the list is that they are all impossible to get into even before they're on the list. They just, you know, in, in the nature of the price. And then they don't take, res- you know, unless you know somebody, you can't get in there. I have a problem with that. I, but I also don't I don't want burgers and french fries on every block either. So I, I, I do understand that. But I think, I don't know. I mean, I think these lists are... Are fine. I just I, my problem is how they're created, and that's what bothers me. It's not that there is this list, and because all those fifty restaurants I've been to, maybe twenty of them, I, not even you know, maybe twenty. And they're all great. And they're all good. I mean, I've had good meals at some, and I've had so-so meals yeah. at some, but they're all great. I just I don't know why. Noma goes from number two to number six. Right. you know there's no like their record they didn't lose five games in a row right you know right. They closed for nine months. maybe that's why. Right. Um, but I don't know you know, and I don't know why Estella all of a sudden is I, I just would like an explanation. I'd like some writing about like what made this an amazing experience. So
0: Becca, when you when you guys are putting together our list, our hot list, for example, how much explanation do you feel like you need to give?
3: Not that much, actually. I mean, I think we're usually showing a photo, which goes a long way. I think what we try to do is not to do, you know, the room count, et cetera, but to try to give that like one or two special things about it. So like, you know, why the Ace in New Orleans, but not the Ace in Pittsburgh, or right. you know, try to give something that helps people. Mm-hmm. You know, our
2: that's debatable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, wait, I, you I, put the Ace uh, in New Orleans on the list?
3: Uh, we did
2: not Pittsburgh though.
3: Pittsburgh wasn't open.
2: Um, mm. Okay, well that's that's yeah. a good reason. but our <laughs> that's a I mean, very <laughs> good. Closed. Yeah. Criteria are number we, one: are We going to fight me on that? <laughs>
3: yeah, I would have. Yes, I, no. yeah. Um, but our list, you know, I, I mean, the fifty best restaurants. I see it kind of like. Yeah, I wanna have my mind expanded. Every once in a while it's like I'm not gonna read Proust every day, I'm gonna read like Us Weekly. But every once in a right. while you you know, to have that kind of like Yeah. Like when I went to Noma, it was like going to a seminar on, you know, a certain palette. It was, you know, kind of life-changing in a way but it wasn't very much fun I, like i had more fun at manfred's you know which mm-hmm. i had on the same night exactly so it's kind of disgusting disgusting but um to eat that much food in one day True. but you know with it's all
1: lacto fermented don't worry it's it, <laughs> very healthy <and> you're great <laughs> right through you it yep. goes through.
3: easy um <laughs> but with our list you know it's it's not just you know two hours out of your day, what we're recommending is that someone not only spends a thousand bucks on airfare or more if they're traveling with their family, but also committing to probably three or four nights someplace. So the pressure to kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, not oversell and to really, I don't know, it's like, because people do take these lists seriously, you know, and they are up on people's fridges and they are like, you know, planning trips around them. So like the pressure to really nail it is, is... Hi.
0: and how much do you think of, do you think about this issue of homogeneity or diversity when you're looking
3: a lot actually um, especially geographic mix plays a huge role size of properties urban rural design aesthetic even goes into it because we're trying to I mean first and foremost we always say like is this on the list because, for urban hotels, it's great, or would it be on the list regardless? And that has to—it has to be like the latter always. But mm-hmm. then once you get your pool, we do try to give a bit of a mix because you don't want to see. We had something like seven hotels in Paris that were contenders, and we—you know—we loved all of them. But at some point, you're like, you can't have a third of the list be in Paris. Right. So.
2: Yeah, we're d- we're, it's the same. on something you get. We're Just st- yeah, we're speaking the same language, because yeah. it's like geographic diversity, and it's also different types of experiences. Like Some are super high end, and some is a, a, a food truck. I don't know what the right. hotel equivalent of a food truck is. Maybe, I don't know, a Hostel. tent, a nice tent <laughs> in Marfa. But <laughs> so well, we do have hostels. <laughs> we do, yeah.
3: Has the generator ever get on the list? No, the generator's never made it. Uh, but but Where's do have the playing? generator? They're all yeah. over.
1: They're all over the place. Really Never heard of in them. Berlin, <laughs> you should put it on the list but, so we um, hear about free, it. Yeah,
3: Freehands did, I think, which is uh, a yeah. that's hostile. Miami. Yeah, that's Miami. I there. and there. Now Chicago. Yeah. I
2: complained about that place though. It was so loud. <laughs> uh-uh. The kids, man. The kids. I was at the worst. It was like, I've only stayed at the Chateau Marmont in L.A. once, and it was the worst experience of my life because I was right on the court. They gave me the worst room, and there was a party going on. Anyway, same thing happened at Freehand in Miami. So same thing happened at the Ace.
3: Ace Palm Springs like terrible.
2: Um. See, but really? that, I'm just it well, now we're just showing long. our age. I yeah. just want a quiet That's little <laughs> bungalow in the back. More yeah. of a bungalow guy than a yeah. room guy. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. You know. Ducker wants no part of the bungalow. <laughs> he wants to be right out there where the action is. No, That's but
2: it's true. funny because with uh, I grew up where I would spend all my money on the restaurants and wouldn't give two licks where <laughs> I stayed. Yeah. but now that. I'm kind of shifting, and I know I can get good food in, you know, for a better price tag, but I kind of want to stay at nicer places now. Yeah. I don't know. Do you find that being age, a parent
0: changed that for you a little bit?
2: Uh, well, I try not to take my kids on the road any—no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I think you want a place they take care of you, but that it matters with restaurants, too. I don't go to restaurants that— are going to look at my kids weird or like that I don't. And I think that's one way that like actually that high end dining in certain places is great. I mean, you have to pay for those little things to eat, but, (laughs) but I do think it's, they take care of you. I mean, I remember going to stone barn at blue hill with my two daughters and I've never been treated better in my life in a restaurant, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean that definitely comes into factor. It's, just traveling with kids is hard enough just especially when you have to get those two rooms connecting each other God I hope I... adjoining rooms oh, yeah. God, I was mm-hmm. always wondering what those doors were for now, now I know what those <laughs> yeah. doors are for and why they lock on <laughs> <Yeah>. one side
0: <laughs> I'm, one thing I'm curious about with both of you guys is lobbying you know which we, we talked a little bit about the, the, the comping and so forth with the 50 best or whatever list but how much does the lobbying actually reach you how much do people sort of Bug you? Why am I not on the list? How do I get on the list? Why won't you put me on the list? Coming from you know various corners, does that stuff ever ever get to you hmm. as editors?
3: It, yeah, it gets to me a little bit. Um, PR can be relentless, as you guys probably know, and a lot of times it's like I, I'm a fairly nice person, <laughs> and I <laughs> I try to be, you know. Especially, I mean, the Reader's Choice is the one that like kills me. It's you know, it's like, well, we didn't make it onto the Reader's Choice. I'm like, well, the I have nothing. I know. <laughs> like I have nothing to do yeah, with it. Make with a better it. product. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It doesn't get to me that much. But people are they want to be on it, and you know, they'll they'll try to get themselves on it.
0: Andrew does this show up for you at all?
2: Well, I mean, I think I don't know. You know, when I think of you know the. The, the chains in hotels, like the nice ones, Married Oriental or Park Hyatt's or Four Seasons or whatever, those are probably the equivalent of celebrity chefs in my mm-hmm. world. And and I I want our list to be ones propping up people that, A, you've either never heard of or that need a chance. They need that pedestal. And that's not to say that if Mario Batali or Danielle Ballou or... Nancy Silverton in L.A. opens a great restaurant that I wouldn't put them on the list, but I just—they've already had so many opportunities in their careers, so I want to give it to those other people. And 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 so yeah, I mean, I, you get blitzed with PR restaurant openings, but I think after 16 years of not responding to most PR <laughs> yeah, people, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what I was going to say.
1: <laughs> and I, do they still try? <laughs> still once in know how yeah. they do. all they they look job. filter.
2: Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah, there's always like a there's always a young new person coming that in doesn't who doesn't know and yeah. doesn't respond to PR emails. Yeah. Mm. No, but that's I think that is the hardest thing is, you know, just like Traveler, we have a a, a big group of people read us in of various ages and various backgrounds, and you want it to be an accessible list to everybody, and you you don't want to just choose the like place that you have to go, you know, down a manhole and th- you know two doors to the yeah. right to get to, but you also want to, you know. Michael Simon is an amazing chef. He just opened a barbecue place. I haven't been. I really want to go. You know, does that guy need... He's got to chew yeah. on TV. He doesn't need my
0: help. Right. You know? Right. Um, so I, a so lot you of do it, think uh, about the, the the sort of business implications. I do. Not, not, oh. not, 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 not in a lobbying sense, but, like, all these lists. And the readers, the, the, the reader's Choice Awards list is like this, too. I mean, it doesn't really matter whether they're editorial or whether they are, you know, user generated like uh, TripAdvisor, you know, people kill to get on the TripAdvisor, you know, sort of list and they Top care 10. about their ratings. Yeah. They care about whether they got four stars, five stars, 4.3, whatever. It affects their business. It affects their livelihood and sort of dropping out of those things mm-hmm. can affect their, their, you know, their kids going to college or whatever. Like, how much do you think about that?
2: That stuff matters so much. I mean chefs don't like to talk about yelp but that's the trip advisor you know for food and and i've had so many discussions recently about just chefs bringing up yelp or like just bitching about listen to this yelp review that was (laughs) the other day and it's like they don't care but they do and unfortunately it does matter to business for every list i mean that's the one thing about all the the lists we're talking about is they're not hurting anything i mean maybe they're giving too much kind of, I don't know, emphasis to a certain kind of restaurant. But, you know, there's no maliciousness behind it, I don't think. And and when you get these kind of more pulled in, you know, when everybody has a say sometimes with the restaurants or they have beefs against restaurants, I think that's when it gets dangerous. But I will say that, like, I read Yelp. I mean, the photography on Yelp is (laughs) unbelievably bad. Yeah. I mean, even the worst Instagrammer. Yeah. Does I don't understand if you have to have bad photos to post on. Some Yelp. sort of
1: filter that Because happens. I look at them yeah. to see, like,
2: oh, yeah. I want to see what that dish yeah. looked like. And it's like, holy <laughs> Jesus, that is horrible. Um, a greasy,
1: dark filter. Oh, it's <laughs> <just> <laughs> terrible. the, the it's same like, way. I was talking about a... the
2: person who was like, that is clearly blurry. You either took your glasses off when you took that photo and you think it's yeah. in focus, or you just don't care.
1: And then you hit post.
2: And then I yeah. hit post. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yes, upload. But I do like Yelp. Uh, I still tell a story one time that I was at this place in Washington D.C. called Little Saro, which is a, a Thai place. It's a prefix. It's like five courses for thirty-five dollars. It was
1: on your list. So it was on years my list back. a couple of years ago, and
2: I was just back in D.C. and there's, there was at that time no place else to eat, so I, I went there, and there was a, a woman sitting next to me uh, alone. So two alone people chatting. Um, and I was like, so how did you hear about this place? Thinking she was going to say, oh, I read it in Bon Appetit. <laughs> you know, I, was gonna, I was about ready to you know, <laughs> drop my name. And she's like, oh, I was just walking in the neighborhood, and, and I chose Yelp, and it said it was the best restaurant in the neighborhood. And it was, it was the best Made restaurant. It, yeah. it was the best restaurant in D.C. So if somebody like that had never heard of Little Sarah and got through it f- via Yelp, I'm all for that. That is better than going to Subway down the street and going back to your hotel room. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I don't know how I got on that tangent about Yelp. But people yell about Yelp. I don't necessarily.
0: There's a service that's being performed throughout the industry. So we we can bitch about these things. But by the same token, they're utterly necessary. They are. Uh, How else are people going to know? Right.
2: See, I'm that guy when it comes to hotels, though, because I'll look at your website and then I'll just Google something like top five hotels in Poughkeepsie, <laughs> and it'll bring it up, and then I read the comments. And yeah. I love when I read a comment, and then the manager of the hotel responds yeah. on TripAdvisor. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And then I get sucked in, and I start reading all of them. like. <laughs> There was a cockroach on, you know. I mean, you outside also tell how good the hotel is. I'm like, well, that happens. Yeah. You
1: yeah. want to stay at the place where the manager is actively responding to TripAdvisor. Is that I think, is that that I think so. Okay. I think that's good okay. because, be he that. because he's caring. No, he cares. Yeah. And there's someone employed full <laughs> or, time, or by or the way. he has way, too much a... time on his hands. Yeah. Or, no, he, or he's if, not taking it care of It depends on
0: his response. If he's whining, then that's not great. If he's actually trying to solve problems. But I actually started
2: looking because people recommend specific rooms, which I thought was cool. Like, you know, you get the corner room, anything that ends in an 01. In certain things. I don't mm-hmm. know. You guys. But then I was like, is that weird that now I know the person that, that,
1: that June tea stayed in? Stayed yeah. in the <laughs> hotel room
2: yeah. before me. And I was like, that's too much. Yeah. So that's weird. Had a great <laughs> night from <laughs> 601. <laughs> the honeymoon. Highly it was recommend. amazing. <laughs> Didn't have to pay the Pro $250 tip. fine for smoking <laughs> up, you know?
1: <laughs> anyway, you guys, so I I'm sure that. you've done a gallery of the best trip TripAdvisor. Manager replies of I all think, time.
0: We will now. Yeah, that's about yeah. We will
1: now. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks to all of you guys for wait, coming by. And, oh, w- where wait. do we where do we net out on lists? Are they good? Do, bad? Are they necessary? No, they're evils, or they're necessary. Should we all quit our jobs and join TripAdvisor and Yelp? What, I, th- I mean, where where do we where do we land on this? I
0: think in the digital future, you're writing lists nonstop from right. now until the in end. In the of digital time. present. In the we di- are. in the digital present present. All right. But no, I mean, I, I don't know where do we net out.
3: I love a list. Love I a love list. a list. I'm gonna, I'm gonna as long
2: it as it has a point of view and somebody has scruples who's doing it. There's the only two things
1: as I long as, <laughs> scru- <in. laughs> as long as I'm weighing in. As long as it's these two's list. We're <laughs> all about it. love it. Yes, it's, called it's, self, it's called self-preservation. Yeah. <laughs> i <It's just called laughs> Job reading.
2: security.
0: <laughs> okay. So now, for real, thanks to all of you for coming by. Thank you, Becca. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Brett. Over in the corner. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And be sure to visit us at cntraveler.com, Condé Nast Traveler uh, on Facebook and YouTube, and cntraveler on Instagram, Twitter, and the Snapchat. And please tweet at us. uh, Send your feedback to us. Um, Review us on iTunes. Tell us what you think, what we should do. We've gotten some great feedback um, on Twitter recently. It's good. We'd love to hear it. Why don't we go around, tell the folk how to find you. Becca? Becca
3: Beck on Instagram.
0: On Instagram,
3: yeah, Chew Becca on Twitter. That
0: mm,
2: is that's amazing. amazing. That's
1: good.
3: And that's about it.
1: Okay.
0: Wow, how'd you get Chew Becca?
3: It was early. So <laughs> smart.
1: Uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm at Matt Ducker on all on all the platforms.
3: Well
2: that's done. Also smart. Yeah. Well done. And I'm Andrew O. Knowlton uh, on all those. There's a Canadian actor named Andrew Knowlton who stole it from mm. me, so I'm working on that guy. Fucking Canadians. God,
0: Canadians. And I'm at Bradrick. Thanks everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Brad.